He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. A lot to get into today. Going to recap some of the college golf that we got into yesterday as OU went real, real low in their final round. We'll preview the Genesis Invitational at Riviera as well. Talk a little Tiger Woods as he will be on property throughout the week. He's going to give a press conference. We'll talk about what maybe uh, could be said there and preview that event as it is a big one on a big golf course with, with some big names Speaking of big names, big bombs, Bryson DeChambeau. Rumors and reports over the last several days with Bryson DeChambeau. There was a report that he was offered $240 million to join the Super League. There was then a report that he has told people around him that he is no longer playing in any PGA Tour events. Now, Bryson does have the benefit of being somewhat injured at the moment. So he gets to somewhat control the narrative for now. This is obviously all going to play itself out in time. But, Sam, what do you think about the Bryson fiasco? Or actually, here, let me read his tweets. Cause I, yeah, because I, I want to get his right. side of it before we, d- we dive into it. So this was yesterday. Bryson tweets, I am very disappointed to miss the Genesis Invitational this week at one of my favorite golf courses on tour. I am currently in the process of rehabbing a hip, hip and hand injury, which I am making pro- positive progress on day by day. There are many false reports going around by the media that are completely inaccurate. Any news regarding my health or playing schedule will come directly from me and my team only. This is just another inaccurate report. I look forward to getting healthy and seeing everyone soon. So we've got a little bit of conflicting reports here on what's happening with Bryson. There have been rumors for a while. Sam, what do you make of it? I don't think that there's any chance that he doesn't play on the PGA Tour this year. Right, I think that he will play on the PGA Tour this year. I think that the reports saying that he will never play on the PGA Tour again are completely false. And I believe him that he is rehabbing an injury. However, it is very, very convenient timing, right, T-Dub? I mean, very, very convenient timing, especially with all the Saudi talk. I think that there are some truth to the rumors about Saudi, but I also think that there's truth to the fact that he might be injured as well. You know, guys, I, I think this is just going to add to the element of, you know, up until we get some official word on what's going to happen with the Saudi League, we're just going to get rumor after rumor after rumor. And, you know, it's going to make our job nice and easy because we get to speculate and all these things. But, you know, I think I think I agree with you, Sam. I don't think there's any chance that he – there's no chance that what that rumor is true, essentially. Like, I, I bet he plays in Bay Hill in, this upcoming month in March. I would put a lot of money on that happening. I don't think that – He's going to go into Augusta without playing a PJ Tour event. And, you know, another thing, guys, I took from that is if that was to be true, then that would mean that the Saudi Tour had to be – or the Saudi League had to be extremely close to being done and being finalized. And right. I don't think that's the case. I think we're still a few months away from anything being real official on that end. So what is Bryson – I mean, unless his injury is like super severe, guys, and he knows he's not going to play for six months or whatever and he's going to have to miss major championships – then maybe there's some validity to that. But I, I just think that, first of all, that's the number one thing I thought when I saw the rumors, that the, the tour is not going – or the Saudi League isn't going to start up soon enough for that to be the case. So, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I I think that's a load of crap. And I also don't think that 
the uh, 240 million rumor is true either. I mean, if it is, then we got more money to throw around with than I thought because, I mean, you guys can answer this. Is Bryson going to be really worth $240 million? To me, I don't think it is. Well, the whole deal is they have money growing out of the ground over there, flowing out of the ground over there. They're going to lose money whenever oil runs out, and that's not anytime soon. So, yes, they have more money than we even ever imagined that they have over there. But my question would be right now on these rumors to y'all, the question that I have is has he already done a handshake deal or has he already just had an offer from Saudi. Now, ha- do you see what I'm saying, Colby? There's a yes, big difference yes. there, whether he's handshake agreed to it or just been offered the money. Yeah, because we've heard rumors about a lot of guys. Westwood said he signed an NDA. We know that Phil's kind of leaning that way. And a lot of the names, aside from Bryson, are older guys, guys who aren't making $10 million a year in, in on-course earnings on the PGA Tour. You know, Phil's not making that at this point in his career. Neither is Westwood. Poulter has been rumored. I've seen Rose rumored quite a bit. Mm-hmm. These guys are on the back end of their careers. Those big fat checks that you get, $1.5 for winning tour events, those aren't coming their way near as often. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, Bryson, it would have to be a large sum of money, and I think it will be. 240 might be excessive. But I don't know, Taylor. He was asked a couple of weeks ago about being whether he was offered $135 million, and he said no, that he was not offered $135 million. <laughs> Similar to the DJ quote, Exactly. By the way. It's yeah. like, don't ask him a specific number. Ask him if he's been offered. Don't ask him if he's been offered $135 million. Morikawa said he has been offered. Yeah, exactly. Because if you just ask, have you been offered, then it's either yes or no. If you ask, have you been offered $135, well, if a guy's offered $136, he's going to tell you, no, I haven't been offered $135. T-Dub, would it be safe to say that the top 10 guys in the world right now have all been offered? I would say probably the top 25 guys, um, okay. with the exception of maybe one or two here or there. But, yeah, I think that maybe even the top 30, I guarantee, have at least gotten a phone call. Um, and I, I don't think anything has been done. Um, you know, there might be a couple of guys who have said, you know, once this deal is official, then I will come over. So there, there probably has been a few handshake agreements. If Bryson is one of those, um, if, if there was going to be any guy that would have done a handshake agreement, it probably would have been Bryson. And, you know, also this goes back to the element of, you know, like you said, Kobe asked him $135 million. He doesn't have to even say no because of the tire. Then he's not lying. It's similar to the old Lincoln Riley. Uh, I'm not going to be the next coach at US or LSU. Then the next morning he goes to USC. So, I mean, he wasn't lying. I mean, it's so, not I mean, illegal to lie, to by the way. He could just lie. No, you're right. It's not illegal to lie. I w- that's a great point, though, Taylor, because we are going to have some golfers. I- I've been saying it for months now. Lincoln Riley is the best at not lying without telling the truth. And we're going to get that from golfers. We're already starting to get that from golfers where guys aren't lying, but they're not telling the truth. And then we're just left to decipher what is and isn't real. I I would just caution everyone to take everything you hear with a grain of salt until anything is finalized because, I mean, until anything is finalized... We were talking about these rumors a year ago, and we were talking about these rumors two years ago, and now we're talking about them today, and it seems like it's getting more real, but Sam, I would... Let's just still take everything with a grain of salt until this is all worked out. Maybe not until it's all worked out, but what we say a few weeks ago, when will we know a lot more about the Saudi tour? Bay Hill week. Yeah. When they also have a giant tournament on the Asia tour, not the same thing, but same people running it. And, Bryson, and Bryson's defending at Bay Hill. And Bryson is defending at Bay Hill. I think that that could be a huge week to find out a lot of things, right, T-Dub? I think that's going to be super telling. Like you said, and there's also the, I believe it's the Kenya Open on Euro Tour that week as well. I know right. we talked about that as well. And 
you know, I, I just, I, I do want to know because with all these rumors, like you said, Colby, it's gone on for so long. It's, you know, when are we going to know something official? I don't think it's going to be, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be within the next week or month or anything like that. I think it's going to take some time. So, you know, I think we, like you said, Cole, we just got to be selective in what we, in what we choose to interpret as true. But I, I do believe the more and more I get on this, as this train goes along, the more and more I think we're going to see more players than we think go over there, guys. That's just my opinion. Yeah, you could be right. One thing that I know we're right about, Ring Family Dentistry is the absolute best. I don't care if you're going to the Saudis, you need to go see Ring Family Dentistry. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. Leading edge technology delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. Implants, clear aligner orthodontics, they do it all. Some dentists can over-treat. It is their philosophy that patients in their office should only have done what they absolutely need. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they will not prescribe it. We explain our opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Hit them up, Ring Family Dentistry here in Oklahoma City. Uh, guys, so Chad Mum is a gentleman who is the head of entertainment for Vox Media Studios. Now, Vox Media Studios is producing the new golf series on Netflix, which is going to be similar and is going to be based kind of on the same lines as the Formula One series, Drive to Survive. So Chad Mum throws out on Twitter earlier, what should we call the Netflix golf series and don't say Drive to Survive? Because... You could throw, you could name a golf series that, uh, but F1's got that. So there have been some pretty good ones thrown out here. Uh, a really funny one from Daniel Rappaport, who wrote that story about Morgan Hoffman last week, taking a shot at Charlie Hoffman, said, no protection or accountability. <laughs> so that's a good one. That was pretty funny. We I g- saw Obnoxious Greed. Obnoxious Greed was another one. And then we've actually got some decent ones. We've got Making the Cut, Staying the Course, The Chase, The Grind, Up and Down, uh, some of those every shot counts, finding the fairway, life on tour, teeing for glory, uh, pin seekers, tap it in. Taylor, any any of these sticking out to you as possible names you could actually see on the series? You know, I like the chase. That was the one that you stu- you said that kind of stuck out to me. I think that kind of solidifies kind of what's going on with the tour and all that. So, you know, my question to you guys is that it's from the same uh, producers or directors, whatever you said it was. So does it have to be something like, to survive, like putt to survive or no, ball no. track to survive? Does it have to be something like that? No, it doesn't have to be to survive. That was Formula One's thing. I think they want us to come up with something kind of unique, Sam, for golf. Yeah, well, what about like the 73rd hole? <laughs> I, I would love that. They would have to pay us some serious royalties on right? that one. Yeah, I mean, hey, we own that domain name, uh, but it's for sale. What about uh, going deep? Going like deep. Like taking a deep look, even though it kind of sounds sexual a little bit. but See, I kind of thought it sounded like football. Yeah, going deep. Like, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of different ways. Well, you what's can your favorite one, one, Sam? Here's another one that I just saw, and this one might be my favorite. Drive, chip, and putt to survive. <laughs> That's a funny one. I like that. Uh, where, where's a good one? I saw, gosh, I can't find them down here. There was so many below this. If you want to see this, like I said, go, or like, Colby said, "Go to Chad Mums." G- Game of Twitter. inches. Game, Game of, of inches. inches. Yeah, is another inside one on the here? ropes. Inside the ropes is the one I was trying to inside find. Inside the ropes would be pretty good too. Yeah, that makes sense. I think That's they should keep one. it keep it simple. Don't try to you know. I know when the Golf Channel did the what was it like the documentary on OU and OSU and then Alabama and Auburn the very next yeah, year. What it they was call driven. that? Driven. driven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Simple is good. Simple is good. Playing through another one on here. Add. Don't know about that. Making the cut, tee it up, tee to green, 
Because um, you want it to appeal to golf fans as well as non-golf fans, right? Because you want it to bring in a lot of non-golf fans. That's what the Formula One series did. I had never watched a Formula it's, One race in my life, and now I'm a Formula One junkie. A lot of it depends on what it's going to be about. Is it going to be about guys trying to improve their status? Is it going to be more drama between players? Is it going to be more showing their background, what they do off the course? Because... I think that numbers game could be a good name for it because yeah. it's all about shooting low numbers or your FedEx Cup number or the number of money you get. Also, Taylor, I want to ask you, how much behind the scenes do you actually think we'll get? Because I don't know that there could be a better year for this thing to start with a lot of these guys getting offers from the Saudis and potentially going over there and bailing on the PGA Tour. And if we could get some serious behind the scenes looks at what some of these guys are going through with their decision making. I mean, Taylor, what all are you wanting to see from this series, theoretically? Well, that's an interesting point you make there, Coley, because I know that they had to get essentially approval from the PGA Tour to be able to go behind the scenes and, you know, get all the uh, get on the course, all that good stuff, locker rooms. And so that's really not something that they're not – they really can't promote guys wanting to go to the Saudi Tour if that happens. What they could do is, like, they could show, like, someone getting a call from the Saudi Tour and then them saying, no, I love the PGA Tour. It's the best place in the world. I'm never going to leave here. You know, they might do something like that. But, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm more on to the off-the-course off side. I want to know what these guys are like outside of the ropes. Um, you know, I, inside the ropes, I can analyze that. I can tell what their swing looks like. I can tell why they're missing putts, whatever, so be it. Um, you know, maybe some, like, uh, you know, off-the-course caddy interactions. You know, what are some conversations they have there prepping for tournaments? I think that would be really cool. And, uh, you know, just, like I said, just the daily activities. What do you do when you wake up in the morning um, for a practice round? What do you do when you have a, a 2 p.m. tea time on Sunday? There's a lot of intricacies to the PJ Tour that we don't think about, guys, and I think that this series could enlighten a lot of those things. I have two questions for y'all. So, number one, how uncensored will it be, right? Are, are they going to be able to curse on here? If and it's similar to the Drive to Survive, it will be. That? It was uncensored. Uncensored. It was uncensored. I hope it like is. hard knocks kind of. Uncensored. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was behind the scenes look. It was not censored. Okay. They were letting it rip. And then number two, this really isn't a question, but I was going to say I'd be shocked if the Saudi League was even ever mentioned in this in this series because the PGA Tour is behind it. Yeah, right? you might be right. You might be right. I'll, I'll be curious to see how they uh, how they craft that narrative. But I was kind of chuckling a second ago. Somebody on here said, you should just title it Swingers. You'll, you'll get a bunch of people to stop on the title. <laughs> uh, Aaron, Aaron Davis, one of our listeners, uh, told me Tiger Babies is what they should call oh, it. Oh, Tiger Babies would be good. That'd That's be, a good one. That'd be a little, little bit niche, though, for non-golf people, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Tiger kind of transcends golf. But I'll be curious to see how that all works out. Uh, gentlemen, we got to recap some college golf. From yesterday, how about the Oklahoma Sooners? When we finished recording yesterday, they were trailing Georgia. At the end of that tournament, they were not trailing Georgia. Oklahoma, 59 under par as a team. Georgia, uh, six shots back at 53 under par. It was a mega low-scoring tournament at the Puerto Rico Classic. Of the 13 teams in the field, Maryland finished six under. They were dead last in 13th. Wow. 12th place was 24 under. If you shot 24 under par as a team for three <laughs> rounds in Puerto Rico, you finished 12th out of 13 teams. Taylor, this was either a really easy course, really calm conditions, Both. or I think it's probably a mix of that and just some really high-level college golf. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely a mix of that because, you know, you whenever you look at the top of the leaderboard, you can have teams that just go go nuts and play well, but 
you look at the bottom, every team's going to have bad weeks, bad players uh, don't have their, their full game, so be it. And, you know, when, when your worst team scores six under par and 12th place is 24 under, whatever you said, it's, uh, you know, definitely not the hardest track in the world. But still, though, I don't, I don't care if you're teeing off from the side of the green. I mean, if you're shooting 59 under par, you're doing something right. And, you know, shout out Coach Hibble and, and all those boys. Uh, Chris Goddard up won the individual title. Uh, Patrick Welch, cross-handed bandit, shot 62 in the first round. So those boys got it rolling right now. And so, you know, I think we're we're just seeing all this team success from OU, OSU, and individual success as well. And so I just I, – I keep saying it, guys. And, you know, the reason I say it is because – and I want to bring this point up with y'all again because we probably had some new listeners uh, over the course of the year. I mean, these OU and OSU, they're doing so well. But in a couple weeks when or a couple months when regionals comes up and it's a big deal, they're not going to have any advantage. They could not play another tournament the rest of the year and be in the same spot that they are. So it's, I mean, while these tournaments are great to build reps and to gain confidence and all that, it doesn't really give them that much benefit. So, you know, unfortunately, guys, we just kind of got to be a, do a weight game and hopefully that uh, we still see the same play at regionals and nationals and even the even conference championships go into that. But um, yeah, I just I don't I don't agree with the fact that we could see this great golf and these teams aren't really getting any benefit from it, guys. What do y'all think? I agree with you now. Are you saying that they should get a buy into match play or just a buy into the national championship stroke play portion? If, if it was to, if, if nothing else was to change, I think you could element some other strategies into this. I think that I would just move them in, in automatically into the stroke play portion. I, I mean, I would, definitely not the match play. That's way too hot. I would not have a problem with that specifically because. Y- like you said, it's no advantage. They still have to finish top four in their region or top five in the region, right? Let me throw something a little radical out at you. It's not crazy radical. What if college golf at regionals went full tour championship and OU started 10 under as a team and the next highest ranked team in the regional started nine under as a team. Next highest started eight under all the way down to lowest ranked team in the regional starts at even par or however many teams are in regional. You just start with that many under par for the, the one seed there. Taylor, is that is that too radical or it's, do you think that'd be a good advantage? Here, go let ahead, me, go let ahead, me go on that real quick. The only reason why is because it would ruin the individual part of the stroke play tournament because you might play differently coming down the stretch. Okay, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Taylor, what do you think? Yeah, and so, I mean, at that point, you just have to – the way you format that is you would just have to give the teams essentially a 10-under t- a start or whatever because you can't stroke the individuals differently. Um, so I think that would probably play out to be the same. But I definitely like that theory a lot better than what we have now. Um, you know, like we mentioned it last show, guys, the fact that OU was so close to not making it to Nationals last year because of one bad tournament, it's, it, I think it's an utter joke in my opinion. And so – I definitely think there should be a lot of things to be Im- implemented. Probably this isn't the show to dive into that. But, you know, I just wanted you guys' opinions on that just because I keep seeing this great play. I see 59 under par, and it doesn't give OU essentially anything when it when it comes to winning a national title. And that upsets me. Right. But at the same time, they will get to go to their closest regional, and they'll have that advantage, yeah, but, right? But still, that, that may not be as, as advantageous as you think because just because a regional is close, doesn't mean that the course sets up best for your team. Where'd they wind up so, last year? Albuquerque? That's, that's what we talked about last year. Was, was that Albuquerque? Should, yes, but, and remember, yes, Oklahoma State got to go to Karsten, but that's the whole right, yeah. the whole deal is we were saying that OU should have at least been to, been able to pick which region they go to. Yes, yes. Which would be yes, best being sent to one. Yeah, okay. Instead of just sending them to Albuquerque, but yeah. We, we could talk about this for hours, but I do want to get back to this Puerto Rico tournament real quick because OU – 
Obviously, Logan McAllister's been playing solid, and Chris Goderup is the best player in the world uh, amateur-wise right now. And Patrick Welch could be the total key for the Sooners, and he's playing well again. He got he finished tied for sixth. That's his best finish since he finished tied for fourth at last spring's Seminole Intercollegiate. And so if OU gets him, gets Vinny, Patrick Welch, the cross-handed bandit, to start playing well again and really elite again – I think that they have a great shot at winning a national title and beating Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, so Taylor, it's a par 72 golf course. Chris Goderup goes 66, 64, 66 to shoot 20 under for the week and finish four shots clear of second. Guy from Georgia, guy from Tennessee, tied for second. And then Patrick Welch, he goes 62, 70, 70. So mega hot in the first round, cooled off a little bit, but certainly still uh, very respectable and a good finish at T6. So Taylor, I'm looking at the top of college golf right now. I'm looking at... OU, OSU, Pepperdine, Texas, uh, Georgia obviously has a good team. I mean, Taylor, is is OU the prohibitive favorite right now, or they're kind of like a handful of teams at the top that it's just, you know, it's match play, let's see who gets hot. Hey, guys, it's it's really tough because, you know, you, you look at OU and what they've done, you shoot 59 under par and you got, you know, you said probably the best amateur in the world right now, and you think, well, they got to be the favorite, especially, you know, not only that, but Logan Callister, Patrick Wilson, all the other boys, Drew Goodman, I mean, those boys are stacked, but then you just go up a, an hour and a half up the road and you get to Stillwater, and it's like, man, these guys are pretty good, too. So, I mean, who, who are you going to pick? But, you know, when it comes to those other schools, I, I don't know as, as much as I should about, about Georgia. I know Georgia is obviously one of the best college golf programs, uh, top ten program in the country, maybe top five. And that, that's obviously where Coach Hibble came from when he was assistant coach. So, I mean, they, they definitely don't just breed players. They breed coaches there, too. So, I mean, anytime you get a great program like that and you get down to match play the top eight, anything could happen. But I would be extremely shocked if OU and OSU weren't at least in the same spot they were last year where they both were in the semifinals because that would mean that they either didn't make it to match play or they lost in the first round. And I don't think that would be the case for either one of those teams. My quick question before we go to OSU, because we have a lot to talk about OSU and Chikara as well. My question here is, 59 under was a school record, not necessarily an NCAA record. Who shot 60 under in a tournament? It's <laughs> a great question. And, we got to look that up. And how the long break. ago was it? We'll see if we can find it. That might be one of those things in the golf archives that would be tough to even pull up. But 59 under, pretty deep for Oklahoma's par 72 golf course. So obviously, you get more par fives. That helps a little bit. But 59 under is taking it pretty deep. You mentioned Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State finished uh, runner up over the weekend in their event after winning in Hawaii, first event of the spring. So OU and OSU, hopefully, we'll get them at some more of the same events as we continue to progress in the fall. And we were talking yesterday. I mean. Goderup, Stark, Thomas, McAllister, Welch. I mean, these teams are loaded with talent. Any Bedlam matchups, any like Big 12 match play, uh, stuff like that, Big 12 championships, stuff like that. I, ju I just want these two teams on the same courses and the same events more often, Sam, because, I mean, watching them go head-to-head is going to be so much fun. The matchup that I have to see sometime this spring has to be Chris Goderup versus Eugenio Lopez-Chikara. Let me read off Eugenio Lopez-Chikara's opening spring starts for you. So, 67, 68, 62, 68, 69, 65. That adds up to 27 under to start the spring. <laughs> He's proven me wrong for calling him a choker at the Eastlake Cup, isn't he? It's just silly, man. It's silly how low these guys are going. Taylor, Chikara, and Goderup. I mean, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing those guys in the final group coming down the stretch at Greyhawk with a natty on the line. Woo. 
I, I think that would be a dream scenario. And, you know, Sam makes a good point about Chikara because, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think – and I would love to know how, how he handled that situation at Eastlake because that was the last tournament golf he played in the fall. Then he comes out in the spring and he's just lighting it up. So, I mean, what did he do to be able to build off of that? Did he do kind of what we talked about and analyze the situation and say, you know what, I, I kind of messed up there. I kind of, I kind of choked on it a little bit. Or – was he just full confidence and just knew that he was going to bounce back? Or is it a mix of the two? I, I think that's something I would love to know, guys. And uh, definitely goes to show that if you have one thing that sets you back, you definitely don't let it hold you down because 27 under in five rounds or whatever it is, it's just absolutely it's absolutely stupid. I mean, golf's not supposed to be that easy. Yeah, and another thing is they were talking about after his 62 in Hawaii is that he went to somewhat of a broomstick putting method, so kind of switched up what he was doing putting, which has been the weakness in his game for a couple of years. Sam, he's been an elite ball striker. He is right. As far as amateurs in the world go, he's one of the best ball striking amateurs in the world. The putting needed to catch up, and, and maybe it has because, I mean, you just read off those scores. I mean, 27 under to start the spring, that's elite. That's what Oklahoma State has to bank on, right? Now, what Oklahoma State has to look out for in the spring is the play of Bo Jin, Uh because Bo Jin clearly went through a little bit of a slump in the fall, but he was maybe arguably their best player last year when it came down the stretch. Runner-up at the Big 12s and runner-up at National Championships for individual medal play. Correct. And and his last tournament, he shoots 70-67-74, not great, but he's playing at least, and he put a round up in the 60s, 67. So if it's kind of the same thing that I was talking about with Patrick Welch for OU, if they can get great play from him, if OSU can get great play from Bo Jin, watch out. Yeah, because absolutely. they have firepower on that OSU team as well. Yeah, and that gets you throwing out some low ones. Just depth. Depth is what right. you need to win national championships. We saw that last year with Oklahoma. They had some guys going to a slump at the wrong time, and it very well could have been the difference between uh, a runner-up and a trophy. So, I uh, want to give credit to Oklahoma State women as well, particularly Isabella Fierro, who wins the Columbia Classic down in Melbourne, Florida. She fires a two-under par over the course of three rounds, uh, wins that tournament by two shots. So, Isabella Fierro gets a trophy. Oklahoma State, as a team, finishes third. They're the second-ranked team in the country right now, won all four of their starts in the fall. They finished third, four shots back of Virginia Tech and three back of Texas Tech. So a good start to the season for the Oklahoma State women as well. They were very close, Sam, last year at Greyhawk. I still remember. uh, I still think they were the best team. The Ole Miss girls skipping and heel clicking across the green. That same girl. What was her name again? What was her name? Julie Johnson or something. I I (laughs) can't remember. remember, But as an OSU fan, Tyler, it was just driving me nuts. I, I hope I don't have to watch another team he'll click their way to a natty over the She's OSU done that women. Two years in a row on them. Yeah, no doubt. Tyler, um, what do you, what um, you think about their chances? I, oh, I remember when we were because uh, the, the women's nationals was happening at the same time we were up at Southern Hills and Kobe watching Kobe Kobe watching that TV. I thought that he was about to start throwing stuff at it. And we were about to get kicked out of the media center with how, with how angry he was getting. So uh, you know, definitely with the timing thing, we need to make sure where we're at whenever we watch. That tournament because Kobe takes his uh, def- definitely takes his OU men or OSU men off seriously, but even the women too. Because I mean, Kobe, I haven't seen you very mad in my day, but when that girl was heel clicking on the green, you were not very happy. <laughs> what I, I, I was not thrilled. No, what I want to see, I'll go cover it, I'll go be the live commentator for it. I need to get Alan Bratton to say, Look, we put Brian Stark and Isabella together, and then we put the Chikara 
brother and sister together and go, have them go play Karsten Creek oh, for a little four ball. That'd be so great. Eugenio and his sister together. Yeah, exactly. Both, both fired 62s already this spring. Plays for Wake Forest. Yeah, plays for Wake Forest. That would be phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to all that. A lot of great college golf coming your way this spring. And where can you read about all of it? GolfOklahoma.org. Our great partners, GolfOklahoma.org. Check that out. Let's take a break. Come back on the other side. Let's talk a little Tiger Woods as he's making his way back to Riviera for the one-year anniversary of the accident that took place. Uh, man, feels like it was years ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. So we'll talk about what maybe Tiger will get into over the next few days. And then we'll preview the tournament, one of the best courses, one of the most beloved courses by players on the tour and some massive names in the field. That's all coming up next. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. We're rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Glad everybody is with us on this Tuesday, a little earlier this week. Sam, you're going to be playing Greyhawk later in the week, aren't you? Wait, hold on. I just realized that you have three different pictures up here than you had yesterday. I do, yes. I, I, I was doing like a video conference thing yesterday, and I wanted a different background than my wife's yoga stuff she had on the wall. <laughs> so I took it down, and I've got a 1978 <laughs> Oklahoma State Golf Championship, 1983 and 1995 coming diagonally. Those and are then sweet. I've got two more of them. I've got It for, looks like you just took them off too. the wall at Carson Creek. It's, it's weird. They showed up. They probably did. <laughs> uh somebody i think it was one of my dad's friends or something uh like somebody passed away and they these didn't know like what to do plaques. with these yeah they're awesome they're awesome anyway, they're, what'd you ask me <laughs> uh you're playing greyhawk later this week i right? am playing greyhawk we're going out on a little vacation obviously i work uh with the thunder radio broadcast so it's the all-star break so nice. my dad and i and my mom and my wife are all going out to greyhawk and we're gonna play a little golf Maybe eat some good food and just kind of chill. Greyhawk is about as good as it gets. It's great. I Greyhawk's mean, it's pretty all, sweet, all golf all the time. It's great food and Phil's Grill. It's just beautiful. So here, It'll be 70 degrees and perfect golf weather. Here's what you have to do. You have to play it from the tips. You have to play it by legit rules. Play it down. Put everything out. I haven't touched a club and you know how well, long. That's what I'm saying. Do all that and then see how many you beat me by. I played in December. Okay. Played it from the tips. Played it down. Put everything out. What'd you shoot? We were playing for money. I shot 79. Oh, that's probably what I'll shoot. No, you'll shoot mid. You'll shoot 74, 75. Yeah, probably so. I mean, it's a tough little track, but you hit it a long ways. You'll be yeah. all right. But I'll also hit it in the shit a few and, times. <laughs> Fair enough. My, my question for Sam is, is it going to be, are you just going to go, 
you know, all out and just shoot like 65 on them? Or is it going to turn into a handicap round and you're going to shoot an 88 before we know it? Well, when I played Kapalua and I hadn't touched a club on my honeymoon, I was three under on the front nine and ended up shooting like 75 or whatever I shot, 74. Uh, That's golf. 74, I think I shot one over. But and then I really – it showed me why I quit golf in the first place. <laughs> why you quit? You didn't quit <laughs> golf. You just play intermittently now. I quit competitive golf. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah competitive golf is different than just going out and playing a few rounds with your buddies. So. It'll be interesting, though. I'll, I'll maybe get some background, maybe talk to the pro or something about what they're planning on doing for the national championship. Maybe yeah. bring some in- information back. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Uh, all right, we're going to have Tiger Woods at Riviera this week. He's going to be there. I think he might be on property today, but the press conference is tomorrow. It's 3 p.m. Eastern, so it's 2 o'clock our time here in Oklahoma. Wherever you're listening, it's 3 p.m. Eastern, so we'll be firing out some tweets. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole, Instagram 73rd hole. Uh, Taylor, I'll start with you. Do you think we get anything substantive from Tiger? This is obviously the, the tournament that a year ago he leaves after it's over. And be the, clear the, the, the that last year, last year he only showed up for Sunday. This year he yeah. is doing a press conference beforehand. Yes. Last year he came out just for, I think he flew in Saturday. He was on the air on Sunday. No, he, he had a he little shoot. The, the shoots, yes. I think, maybe on Saturday too. Maybe. With D. Wade and, and remember uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and Wasn't David like Spade. A, I was David Spade, yeah. That, well, he did a couple of them before that interview and then he did a couple of them after yeah and then yeah. i think it was the d wade one that the he was on his happened. way to the course right yeah or no because he was on i think i think i think monday did, morning he was on his way to the course but to they, shoot the d wade no one. they did the d wade one though did they yes. tyler do you remember the timeline of of who he was not that it matters but now we're already now down I'm the curious. rabbit hole do you yeah. remember the timeline i do not remember the timeline of who is uh what i do remember they did do the d wade one um I think they because then the tiger, the tiger deal happened on a Tuesday or did it happen on Monday? Which uh, one was it on? Great question. I thought it was on a Monday. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Anyway, anyways, it's been a year. Taylor, do you think that we get anything substantive from him tomorrow in the press conference? I think that I think that Tiger's going to be kind of like he usually is in the sense of, you know, he's just going to just kind of the old Sam Presti like I like to say. You know, he kind of dances around the question. You know, says some kind of big Stanford words out there make make you. <laughs> get entranced in what he's saying, but um, I don't think we'll get a whole lot from him. I think we may get some, you know, he's just thankful to be alive. He's thankful to be able to walk. I think we'll get some stuff like that. Um, As far as when he'll play golf again, I don't think we'll get anything along those lines, and I think that more than anything, that he's going to just be there and say a lot of things to try to promote the foundation and almost kind of take the uh, take the spotlight off of him in a sense and try to make it to the uh, the foundation. I think that's what He's going to try to do, but I would love if he just came out and said, "You know what, guys? I'm going to play. I'm going to play a bank, or I'm a, I'm definitely playing that well, If he said something like that, that would rile me up so much it's unbelievable. Here's a couple things that they could ask him for us to kind of get a grasp on when he's going to play again. Now, I, I need someone to ask tomorrow. Have you walked 18 holes at home? Have you attempted to walk 18 holes at home? Yeah, good call. He says no then we're probably not looking at the Masters, right? I wouldn't think so. I definitely want somebody to ask him if he's been walking. Now, and But again, just because they ask doesn't mean he has to answer. He, he could be asked if you walked 18 holes at home, and he could say, I'm practicing doing everything I can right. to, to get my body ready and just give us a non-answer answer. Yeah, say a, lot, a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. You know, the whole Lincoln Riley, Sam Presti, as T-Dub <laughs> just said. Now, here's the next question. Say, Will you play at Augusta National? He's not going to answer that question, but you might be able to get some body language things from him. 
Okay. A little bit. Yep, fair enough. Taylor, you think you think he answers anything about whether he's walking at home or anything about the Masters? I, I, I'm with you guys. I think it depends on how the que- what questions are asked and honestly kind of how they're phrased. Um, cause what Tiger would you ask? Kind of skate around the court. I think that I think yours is a really good question. There, have you walked eighteen holes? I, I'd ask him, you know, how how is you know what are you doing prep wise? I mean, you know, how much practice are you actually able to put in? I, obviously, I wouldn't phrase it like that. I'd phrase it a little differently, but because I mean that's something there too. Because we always talk about with Tiger, it's uh, you know he's he he said before he doesn't want to play unless he feels like he has a chance to win, and I don't think that if he can put in the amount of work that he thinks he needs to, then I don't think he'll play. And also, you know, another question to ask is, you know, how much exercise has he been able to do? What kind of fitness has he been able to do? Has he been able to do any type of – I mean, obviously you're not going to do any squats or anything like that with uh, with the injury, but, you know, kind of what what have you been able to do with your with your leg exercise-wise? So I think those are all things that you could ask. I don't think he's going to be extremely telling, but I do think there will be one or two things that he says that we'll be able to come back on our next show and analyze and say – this is either really positive or this is negative, and I, I don't know which one it is, guys. I truly don't. I think another intellectual question you could ask would be, what progress have you made since the PNC, right? I think that that would be an interesting question to hear if he would answer it. So, like Colby said, he may not answer it, but Colby, what would you ask? Uh, I mean, I would ask him, again, because I would want to ask something that I think I could get a real answer from. Okay. And if I asked him, have you set your sights on a return date? He's not going to give no. us setting his sights on a return date. So I think I would ask him, are you walking rounds of golf at home? Yep. Are, are you doing that with a caddy? Are you trying to carry your bag to strengthen the leg? Stuff like that. Very similar to kind of what y'all are saying because that's... We know for a fact he wouldn't use a push cart. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> think so. I wouldn't think he would use a push cart. So. You, know, you know what question I'd ask him, guys? I'd ask him the question that that one guy did his last press conference where he froze mid-sentence and then wasn't able to get it out. That's the question I'd ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a good one. Uh, all right, so we'll, we'll be tweeting tomorrow about Tiger and his press conference. Uh, I'm sure we'll all be dialed into that and uh, locked and loaded, ready for that at two o'clock tomorrow, our time, three p.m. Eastern, two o'clock here in the state of Oklahoma. Gentlemen, let's dive in to the Genesis Open at Riviera. Riviera. Uh, a few years ago, they had an anonymous poll of tour players. It was voted the favorite course among tour players. Patrick Cantlay had a quote last year where he was kind of asked about that, what the reason is. He, he said, "You know." they don't really make changes to the golf course. You show up every year and it's the same course, but the scores don't get lower. It's mm-hmm. just every year the winning score is like between 12 and 16 under compared to some of these other pitch and putts where they're going 28, 29 deep. It's a relatively difficult course. If it's a little chillier in the mornings and a little windier, you might see a winning score more in that 11, 12, 13 range. If conditions are perfect, you might see a 15, 16, 17 under winning score. But, Sam, the players love this golf course. Right, and I think it's because the bombers like it because they can use link to their advantage. There have been a bunch of bombers to play well at Riviera. However, it also gives gives the shorter hitters such as a Matt Jones or even a Patrick Cantley who doesn't bomb it out there. Oh, Victor. Oh. There it is. <laughs> I'm sorry to Matt Jones. I should have paused right there. It had been too long since we played the sound. But we, but we give those shorter hitters a chance at Riviera, and so it brings everybody into the field, and I feel like you get the guy who played the best golf that week. And – the reason why is because of the greenplexes. The green complexes are so good at Riviera that it, it 
you really have to be on top of your game. I think that you got to look at guys that are great short iron players at Riviera. I think that they will really succeed, uh, and especially guys that are driving the ball straight. I mean, you have to remember last year we had Sam Burns, you know, hit a couple wayward shots and took him right out of the tournament. And so you have to put it in the fairway, and you have to put it on the middle of these greens because they're not the biggest greens in the world. And, you know, that's how you're going to make birdies out at Riviera, and they're hard to come by. Taylor, 2017 USAM at Riviera. Do you remember who won, and do you remember who he beat in the finals? Oh, my God, who won? Oh, it's going to drive me nuts, and I cannot remember this. I should know this. 2017. Why do I not know this? Five years ago. There's a reason There's a reason I'm bringing it up, by the way, a very specific reason I'm bringing it up. It has to do with someone in the state, and I, I, doesn't it? Uh, no, that's no. where uh, I'm thinking no. – I'm thinking of when uh, uh, that's where Hayden Woods set the record at. That's who I was thinking of in the state. Um, stroke play record. Um, I'm drawing a blank, man. 2017 USAM, Doc Redman takes down in the finals. And we're going to find our best <laughs> friend, Doug, and then we're going to give him a best friend hug. Doug, 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 Doug. That's what I meant, Taylor, when I said there's beautiful. a specific reason I'm bringing it up. Beautiful. 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 I mean, truly, truly beautiful. You yeah. know, we, we haven't, haven't mentioned Doug enough. We haven't picked Doug M in a while. Yeah, I know. I'm waiting because for you he to given, on the training game. He hasn't thing. given me a reason to. Uh, very under, it's very like Matt Jones. There's a reason we weren't playing hitting the button. <laughs> you it, uh, I'm trying to look here because that USM, if I remember right, was just a ridiculously loaded field. Like Morikawa, I think, was in it that year. There were a couple other guys. Uh, let's see, who all was in here? Zalatoris was in it that year. Morikawa was in it that year. Christopher Ventura was in it that year. Uh, quarterfinals, who else was in the quarterfinals? I think those are all the big names that people would know. But yeah, it was a great USAM at Riv back in 2017, and it should be a good one this week. Let's go ahead and dive in to DraftKings. We'll start with our cheapest options. Taylor, you got yours locked and loaded, ready to go? Of course. All right, fire away. Cheapest option. All right, here, here. Hey, hey but before we start, let's do strength of field. What do y'all think? Strength. Oh, field? strength of field. Okay, Sam, you go first. I'm gonna go. By, by the way, I'm looking here. Ron Morikawa, Cantlay, Hovland, DJ, Rory, Xander, I got JT. Right. Um, I'm gonna go. Top eleven players in the world are playing. Five ninety. I'm gonna go six sixty nine. Very close, Colby. Just gotta switch the numbers around. Six ninety six. Wow, that's Almost a 700. lot. That's, that's a lot. Bigger than I thought it was. Man, uh, that's, that's just uh, that's just a little lower than a major championship right there. I mean, this field is loaded, and rightfully so. It's one of, you know, we had the uh, uh, Scottsdale last week, which is probably the fav- favorite non-major tournament to watch of the year, and Riviera is probably my favorite uh, course of the year that they don't play us on a major. So, absolutely love it. I'll get us started here. 6,500. Give me Wyndham Clark. This is a guy who, in two appearances here, is 8th and 17th uh, last two years. Gaining 2.08 strokes on the field. And for 6,500, it really allows me to build on my lineup. I, it's one of those things, guys, where I love my lineup so much that I'm almost too confident to put it in any sort of money pool because I just know it'll fail. All right, then I will go 6,500 Patrick Rogers. Patrick Rogers played well here last year. I think he finished top 10. Uh, let me look that up real quick because I know that I looked it up earlier. I got you right here. Patrick, pa- Rogers, Patrick finished Rogers last year was 12th. 12th, yeah, exactly. So Patrick Rogers has some decent uh, form on this course in the past, and at 6,500, I'm kind of looking you know, for a guy that at least likes the course. So Patrick Rogers, five out of nine cuts, two top 10s. 
going with him at 6,500. Five consecutive years at this event inside the top 30 that's for good. Patrick Rogers. That's, that, that's, that's very good at 6,500. Uh, guys, I'm going with the buzzsaw as my cheapest option. Oh. Sawhith Thigala. I have one concern. He's playing really good golf. Last week was heartbreaking. That's not actually my concern. My concern is... This guy's been playing a lot of golf. I'm hoping that he's not exhausted. It doesn't catch up to him. He played the Sony. The next week, he played the Amex. The next week, he played the Farmers. The next week, he played Pebble. The next week, he played Phoenix. That's five weeks in a row. This will be the sixth week in a row. But he's a California guy. He's used to the Poe. He's a good ball striker. Hits it a long way. So I'm going to hope that Saw Hith can keep some of the form that we saw at Phoenix this past week. So that's my cheapest option at 7300 Then I'll go all the way up. To a man that we haven't really seen or talked about in a while, he's very much been out of sight, out of mind. Show me a little Paul Casey love. Paul Casey, going back to 2008, he's played here eight times. He's made the cut every single time, and uh, he's got a runner-up. He's got another couple top 15s, another couple top 25s. So I'll take Paul Casey, ball striking machine, 7,600. Been pretty quiet for a while. We haven't heard his name in a little bit. It seems like we're about due to get a little Paul Casey top 10, maybe. He's played some across the pond. Last time he played on the PGA Tour... It was in Japan at the Zozo. Okay. Yeah, so it's been a while. That was October. I will go with another guy that has been quiet on the PGA Tour lately, but last year he finished eighth in this tournament. Can you guys tell me who that is? Taylor, off the top of my head, I don't know. Finished eighth here last year. Uh, no, because one of my guys finished fourth last year. That's what I was going to say. Uh, I'm not sure. I am going 7,000 Francesco Molinari. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo. Francesco, boo. Francesco Molinari at 7,000. That's too low for a guy that has talent, hasn't been playing his best golf over the past year and a half. But did finish eighth here last year, so I'm going to stick with him at 7,000. I think he'll at least make the cut. Taylor, before you go, I have a very serious question for both of y'all. I'll let Sam answer first. That way you can just fire off your next pick. Francesco Molinari, do you hate him more for what he did to the U.S. in the Ryder Cup a few years ago? No. Or do you hate him more for taking the major away from Tiger? Yes, Tiger. Taylor? Tiger, Tiger, not not even close. Big time. No, we we didn't have a chance to win that Ryder Cup. We didn't have a sniff. There, There was no... Adam, if we played that Ryder Cup a hundred times, we would have won zero. I mean, we had no chance. So <laughs> yeah, def- right. definitely, definitely not going there. You know what, guys? There was a my next pick, seventy two hundred. There's a couple of guys I liked around this exact same price: Lanto Griffin, Keegan Bradley. But I got to go with the guy. I ride him every week. He's missed one cut since July of twenty twenty. I want to emphasize that one cut since then. That's Steve Bezel, seventy two hundred. I think it's still the tournament. And then I'm going to go all the way up. You, you got to ride him. <laughs> you got to ride him every you, you, week. You get a guy like that, you got to ride him. I ride him every week. Gotta right, ride him. I got to ride him until he lets me down. Gotta, until he lets me down, which I haven't seen it yet. So next pick is, I can't believe he's this cheap, guys. 8,200. That's Adam Scott. I mean, he's been playing some good golf this year. Made the cut last week. Finished uh, ninth and 10th at two tournaments over in Europe. And, you know, guys, he's, he's, he's played here 10 times since 2008. And he's finished top 27 of those times. And in 48 rounds here, he's gained 2.04 strokes on the field. That's that's almost most out of any player in the field. So I love me some Adam Scott this week. I think 8,200 is way too cheap. Okay, so my next pick, I'll go 8,000. Taylor Gooch, our boy. And it's not just a homer pick. He has great current form. Been playing really solid lately, and he told us that it's his favorite course on tour. Last year, I think he finished like top fifteen, uh, right? Top twelve. He was twelfth with th- Patrick three Robert. starts here. Yeah. Three starts here. Twentieth, tenth, twelfth. Exactly. So he loves this golf course. 
And, man, it was really – at 8,000, it was between him and Max Homa, and I figured, you know, don't always go with the defending champion, so I'm going to go Taylor Gooch. I feel bad because I didn't take Taylor Gooch. He was in my lineup, and I ended up taking him out to make some other things work, but I've got a guy $100 more expensive than Gooch, and I'm going to feel bad if Gooch beats him. It's Mr. Skill, Matthew Fitzpatrick. He has finished the last two weeks sixth at Pebble and tenth at the Waste Management. He was fifth here a year ago. I think that Matthew Fitzpatrick is a legitimate pick to have a chance to win this tournament on Sunday. So I'm going to run him out at 8,100. And then, Taylor, you gave a bunch of good reasons. Uh, you didn't talk me into it because I filled this out yesterday, but... Adam Scott, I mean, Riviera machine. He just he goes to Riviera, he plays well, won it two years ago, last year dipped off a little bit with a 38th finish, uh, but he's playing some good golf right now. So 8,200, really good value on Adam Scott. I, I think he actually might have been the first player that I plugged into my lineup and then built around. So speaking of first player that I put in, it was actually Matthew Fitzpatrick hey. at 8,100. And the reason being is because not only did we see solid form last week from him, but Riviera is one of those courses where I wouldn't be shocked to see Matt Fitzpatrick win. And like I said, it brings bombers into play, but bombers can also get a little wayward and not have the right angles into these small greens at Riviera. And I think that Matthew Fitzpatrick will just kind of target his way around Riviera. And I think that he has a great chance to finish top 10 in this golf tournament. That might even be my best bet of the week because you could get some decent odds on that. I like it. Taylor? You know, Matt. Matthew Fitzpatrick, he's uh, played here twice, finished 30th in 2020, and then fifth in last year. So, I mean, definitely likes this place and good form. So, I definitely hope our man TG beats him, uh, especially Mr. Skill. But, uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me by any stretch if Fitzpatrick has a good week. So, you know, I mentioned earlier, guys, that T. Bezel was the uh, skill of the tournament. And I don't think that's the case because I think I do have the skill of the tournament up here. And you talk about someone that our boy Sam loves. And I got, I just want to ask you, Sam. How in the world is Cam Smith only 9,100 this week? It makes no sense. To it makes no sense to me either, and I'm shocked that I didn't fit him into my DraftKings lineup, but there's a reason why, and I'll get to it in a second. Ah. I mean, he, fin he finished fourth in Saudi a couple weeks ago, and Harold Varner won, finished fourth here last year, just a couple, couple about a month ago, set the PJ Tour record for most under par. I love Cam Smith this week. I think that, that is, I think that's the best value other than Steve Bezos. I think so we then, might need a new button, know, rocking with Smitty in the summertime. Is that a thing? What yeah. is that? Oh, that's yes. the OU thing, bro. The Malcolm Kelly that's, thing. That's Malcolm okay, Kelly. okay. Gotcha. Malcolm Kelly, Even bro. though that's Schmidt, but it kind of sounds like Smith. Oh, we can make it work. Yeah. Yeah, we can make it work. Colby's Col shown his editing prowess can be elite. So we, <laughs> we, I'm sure we can get that worked out. So my, my two most expensive picks, guys, who, and I think I'm getting value on both of them, but obviously I'll save one till the end. 9,300. I have no, this is another guy. I don't understand how he's this cheap. It's a decky. 9,300. I, you look at it, and the reason I think both these guys have value is because he missed the cut last year here. But before that, he finished fifth and ninth the two years before that. And then 2016, 2015, he finished 11th and fourth. And hasn't missed a cut going all the way back to the Wyndham last year. So, I mean, I, I think Hideki 9300 is really great. 20, 24 rounds here, guys, got 1.63 strokes on the field. Uh, I, I'm loving that pick. And also going in Hideki's favor, I picked him in the one I done last week. So, the old – one week too early curse will uh, will probably get him. So it wouldn't surprise me if the deck. So my next pick, I will go with. Oh, it went away. <laughs> you want me to go? <laughs> no, no, no. I got it right it. here. All right. I had my pick and I lost it. But my next pick, I will go Xander Shoffley at 9,900. Has made every cut so far this year. 
two top tens, and Xander played well last week, and I think that he loves California golf courses, and I know that data golf isn't necessarily as high as I thought as I thought they would be on Xander Shoffley this week. But for some reason, I just have one of those gut feelings he's going to play really well. So I don't normally pick him. But And the, the other thing is, there's not much wind in uh, at Riviera, right? Not a ton of wind. Nope, not no much wa- wind at No Riviera. walls of wind, right? No wa- shouldn't be any walls of wind. Uh, all right, so my next most expensive, this is a guy who's either going to miss the cut or finish top 15 because that's what he does here. Last two years, miss cut. 2019-15th, won it the year before, won it two years before that, won it two years before that. Bubba Watson, I expect him to be fairly highly owned because he's on form right now, so you hope you're catching good Bubba as opposed to bad Bubba. Uh, I actually used him last year in this at this tournament in the one and done. I used him last week this year, so I don't have to worry about burning him at Riv once again for a missed cut. So I'll run Bubba out at 8500 as my second most expensive. And then, guys, the guy that I think is going to win the tournament Dustin Johnson, he hit the ball really well in his last start, and it just didn't all work at Farmers. The short game just wasn't there, but 25th place finish at Farmers. His results at Riv, 8th, 10th, 9th, 16th, 1, 4, 2, 2, 4, 3, 10. He is a Riviera machine. He's hitting the ball well. Dustin Johnson is who I think wins the golf tournament this week. I was going to list off all those stats that you just listed off for Riviera. Teamwork makes the dream work. His finishes. Instead, I'll just play this. That's my DJ this week. I'm picking him in the one and done. I did it last year. I am wasting Dustin Johnson at the one and done at Riviera. Dustin Johnson is due. We haven't heard his name in the winner's circle in too long. It's happening this week. It's a surefire bet. Dustin Johnson to win the Genesis Invitational. Taylor, give us your final pick. I mean... I mean, guys, y'all are both on DJ and both on uh, Matty Fist. I mean, should, the question is, do we run to the betting window or do we run for, for the races? Because, you know, both those guys are going to miss the cut. So <laughs> it's very interesting to see. It went to, in all honesty, the fact that I'm not on him means they'll probably finish first and second. But That's what happened last time pick, we both guys, picked Johnny, the guy. Yeah. I, I, I know it. It's cause it's all, it all has to do with me. I promise. I'm the biggest flip rock there. <laughs> so my next pick, this is a guy I think is going to win the tournament. 9,700. Last time we saw him, he hit one of the worst shots from the fairway I've ever seen and for the chance to win the tournament. Taylor, don't do this to yourself. Don't do this to yourself, Taylor. (laughs) I'm not picking him in the one and done, but 9,700, give me Rory. Rory's winning this tournament. All right. I do do think I am slightly contradicting myself because I think a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, I think I said it might be a while before he wins, but I just, for whatever reason, I got a gut feeling. I do. And I I think Rory's going to win. I think he's going to win the British Open, too, so that's why. I'm not using him this week, but I I, I think Rory is going to finish top, definitely top five, uh, top five, not worst case scenario. Worst case would probably be like top 10. I think Rory's going to play really good this week. And I do think he's going to. Explain to me why he only has a 2.9% chance to win on data golf. However, his most recent, like you said, in Dubai finished third and gained 1.35 putting and 0.76 around the greens and 0.72 off the tee, 0.74 at Abu Dhabi before that where he finished 12th. I like that pick, T Dub. I really do, but I couldn't fit him and I wanted to pick DJ this week, but I love your Rory pick. I really do. I think, I, I, this is what I think, guys. I think that sort of like Hideki, one of the reasons that people aren't that high on him is because he missed the cut here last year. And so you look at that and you say, well, how often does a guy win the tournament when he missed the cut the year before? It's not extremely rare. 
by any stretch. So I think that that's hurt him. And, you know, one thing, too, guys, you know, I keep saying he's going to win. I mean, we always have the talk of what does he do on Sunday. So, I mean, he very easily could be in the final group going into Sunday and shoot 75 and finish 10th or 12th or whatever. So, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened. But I just think that Rory, Rory's going to rebound from – I think he's officially tired of losing. That doesn't necessarily mean that he'll start winning and be able to handle the moment. But I think Rory's time's coming. I just got a weird feeling, boys. You won't pick him in the one and done this week. You won't, dude. I'm not. You won't. T-Dub, you won't. I'm too, you won't. I'm too big, too big of a wussy. What's y'all rule number y'all, one? Y'all rule number one, T-Dub. I, I have to break it. Sorry. <laughs> break it. All right. Well, you, you had the highest finish last week in the one and done, so go ahead. Fire away. Uh, you, you know you know how I get to break it, guys? Because I said this pick at the start of the year. I picked him here last year. He said it's his favorite course. I'm rolling with him. Our man T.G., I think I don't. I think wow. he's going to finish top ten this week. All right, he's riding good momentum. I picked him here last year, finished twelfth, made a clutch birdie on eighteen to get me a few more bucks for the one and done, propelled me to such a stellar finish at the end of the year. So I love me some TG this week, and uh, that's the reason I didn't have him in my job. Okay, I, I don't mind that one. I'm obviously going DJ now. I do want to give a shout out. Give this time to give a shout out to Randy Williams. Now, Randy Williams, notorious for just picking. You know, random guys, right? <laughs> random guys. And Randy did well last year. Randy did well he last did year. He did do well in the one and done. However, you know, it, when Randy picks someone, you're like, what? He, he was on Scheffler last week. That's what I'm getting to. He picked Scotty Scheffler last week. So, round of applause for yep. our guy, Randy Williams. Let's, let's give it up. Let's give it up to the big man. Randy Williams had the winner last week. Uh, I don't think I have the winner last week because, again, I think DJ's going to win this tournament. But... I'm going to save DJ. Also, I accidentally messed around and got myself in another one-and-done pool that starts this week. I'm going to use DJ in that one. In this one, in ours, I'm using Matty Fitz. I think Matty Fitz is a top, who, top five, top 10, top 15 kind of guy. So I was on your wavelength to this week, Colby, because I, I had the submitted pick for Matty Fitz, and then I just kept looking at it. I'm like, if I can guarantee myself a top 10, why am I not going to do it with DJ? Yeah, fair enough. I, the way I looked at it, I was like, I, I'm, I'm almost certain that at some point this year, DJ will catch a heater, and I can run him out whenever he's in the middle of a heater, so I'm going to save him. I say that, like I said, I got another one and done pulling. I'm going to run DJ out there. I'm, I'm, I'm hedging. I'm right. hedging. That way I can uh, be in good shape either way. A name that we did not mention, a few names that we did not mention, the three betting favorites this week. John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas. We also haven't talked about Colin Morikawa. Uh, some other guys on here. Victor Hovland is 25-1 to 1 this week. Will Zalatoris, I've seen a lot of talk about him this week, being yep. high up on the board. Taylor, those names I just listed, guys that we didn't have in our DraftKings, didn't have in one and done, which one of those guys that we haven't gotten to yet most piques your interest this week? Um, of the t- uh, two guys that really stick out to me, one is that I think Cantlay's probably finished top 10 at worst this week. Um, I, You wonder to see losing in a playoff, how does that affect him? But, you know, the value I think there, Kobe, is 25-1. to 1. Victor Hoffman finished fifth here last year, gained like 2.5 strokes on the field. I think the reason you get value for him is because he missed the cut last week and made waste management, which in all actuality, guys, could be a blessing. So, I, I think laying a little bit of point on the Hovland 25 to 1 sounds like a pretty good proposition to me, even though I am high on Rory and some other guys. It wouldn't shock me. I, I think if this tournament's played, you know, essentially by those odds, you think Hovland would win one out of 25 times if this tournament was played. And I, I think he would win more than that, in my opinion. So I think it's a solid bet. Let me throw three names at you guys. I, I think all these guys could be good long shot bets for this week. Bubba Watson has played well two weeks in a row now. 
there might be a little bit of tiredness going on this week, but he has played well at Riviera before Tony Finau. Forty to one for Bubba. Finau's forty-five to one. And then Spieth. Spieth is fifty to one. Okay, so those three guys. Out of those three guys, who finishes the best this week? Mm, Taylor, out of those three, who you like? Spieth and who? Who were the other two again? I'm sorry. Finau and Bubba. I think Finau's on a bad, bad run right now. I think he's going to miss the cut. Um, Bubba, Bubba wouldn't be a bad choice. Even though Finau has finished second here two of the last four years, I, I don't expect that to continue. Um, I'd probably go with – you look at Spieth here. He's finished uh, ninth in 2018, fourth in 2015. Other than that, has I mean, a couple other top 15s in there, but nothing extremely stellar. Um, I'd probably go with Bubba. I think Bubba's going to have a pretty good week. And, uh, you know, Bubba's one of those guys not to the level of DJ – but when he gets on a when he gets on runs, he's hard to he's hard to beat, especially at courses that he likes. And you know what? This, he's won what three times here or whatever. So I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's at the top of the leaderboard. But back to back missed cuts at this event does scare you a little bit. Another interesting guy I want to ask you about who's never really played well at Riviera, but he played really well last week is Brooks Kepka. And Data Golf hates him. By the way, Data Golf has him down the list probably. I, I, it's not numbered off here, but he's got to be like 30th on data golf for their favorites. You know, Kepka, besides obviously the majors and like three events a year, one of which was, is the waste management. He just doesn't get up for it. Doesn't play well. And, you know, miscut here, 2017, last two years, he's made the cut, but hasn't finished higher than 38. Um, I, I'm definitely fading Kepka a little bit, but when you, when kind of like you mentioned last week, Sam, maybe he has the most talent of anyone out there on tour. So, I mean, if that talent peaks, you know, you, you've got to talk about being hard to beat. So, wouldn't surprise me at all, but I would, if I had to bet, I would probably fade Kepka. Yeah, yeah, I would probably fade Kepka as well. One guy down the board even further, if you want to go for a further long shot, I think just sprinkling just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit on Thomas Peters at 75-1. to 1. I don't actually think he's going to win the golf tournament. I but you were actually going to go with Alex Noren. I, Alex Noren played well a week ago. Something about Thomas Peters. I've just I've always liked him. The golf swing itself is very aesthetically pleasing, so maybe that's why I have kind of a, a preference to Thomas Peters. Hey, uh, what Matt, about our boy Matt Jones? Matt Jones. Matt Jones. He finished sixth here last year. Yeah, I don't know. Something about Matt Jones, I don't know. Maybe I'll run him out at the Honda again. Taylor, you running Matt Jones out anywhere this week? I, I'm definitely not. No, I need to see a little bit of form uh, before I get on that train. Colby, what are what are Willie G's odds? I mean, I, I think his ball strike is good. If he's uh, come back from that injury, and uh, Riviera is one of those courses where you can ball strike it around, you don't have to putt that well. So what, what are Willie G's odds? I wouldn't mind placing a little bet on that. Zalatoris is 30-1, to 1, same as Scotty Scheffler. He actually has uh, smaller odds than, like, Sam Burns is 33-1. to 1. Kepka, Sungjae, Matty Fitz, Bubba, all those guys are 40-1. to 1. So, I don't know, 30-1 to 1 might – I don't hate the Zalatoris play this week. I think he can have a good week, but I just don't know that 30-1 to 1 is long, of enough, long enough of a number for me. Do you think I could so – Let's put it – Go ahead, t I, I was going to say – I was going to say Hovland at 25 to 1 is a lot better than that Willie G at 30 to 1, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. I agree with that, too. Do you think I could get pretty good odds now, finally, on betting on Ricky Fowler to miss the cut? To miss the cut? I, I don't. <laughs> can you short, guys? I, I need to find a site where you can short, guys. Ricky, that would be fun. Ricky is 150 to 1 this week, by the way, if you run, want to run him out. Same odds as Jonathan That would be such a waste of money. <laughs> I mean, if you've got $10, no, you feel I mean, like lighting on fire, then go ahead. I, 
I, no, 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 no. It's I, I feel fact. like I feel like betting the mortgage on Ricky Fowler missing every cut so far this year. I don't know. I mean, I just keep doubling my money. He only missed it by a shot last week. He's a bum. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say he's a bum. I'm also an OSU homer. So. three cuts in a row, though. I just can't stand the fact that I tried to give him a chance and he missed the cut. But is that his fault or is that your fault? Well, it's my fault for having faith it, in a bum. Fault, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, all right, good stuff. I picked him in the American Express, boys. It's it, it, it's definitely on our fault. We we definitely like <laughs> the man said. It's you're you're the the two errors are going to be man or machine, and that was definitely a man error picking that no plan son of a gun. Yeah, so, <laughs> Sam, you think he betrayed you? Taylor used him in the one and done. He did. Use Taylor him ran him out in the one and done with like real money on the what line. What was I thinking? I I think you I went thinking? brain dead for an afternoon, but that's all right. That's I'm going to save him so until bad. this summer when he's on a heater. He's going to catch fire this summer. I wouldn't have picked Ricky Fowler in the Puerto Rico college championship in the R- one and R- done. Ricky's winning between now and the end of the calendar year. Ricky's winning on the PGA Tour between now and the end of the I'll calendar put a pizza year. Pizza on that. Pizza. He might win on the court. You want to bet PGA Tour? But calendar year, calendar year, because he might play some fall events. Uh, yeah, no, all right. of course. Calendar no. year. All right, Sam, Taylor, Sam, and I shook on it. And it's any tournament. We right? got a pizza bet. PGA Tour. Okay, PGA Tour. PGA Tour, which includes obviously the majors and WGCs. Yeah, love it. PGA Tour. He's not there, there's a, a lot better chance of winning. Wait, he's not making a WGC anytime soon. That's a great soon. point. That's a great point. I didn't factor that in. <laughs> Dude, opposite field events. I'll count them. I'll, I'll give you opposite field events. He's it doesn't matter. The, okay, giving me the opposite field events. All right. By the way, this is the first week since we made the bet that Morikawa and Hovland are teeing it up oh, in the same field. Oh, here we field. go. Here we go. Morikawa Hovland playoff on Sunday afternoon. Who are you rooting for, Taylor? You know what, guys? I, I got to. Even one of them is great, but you know. Oh, honestly, after after the uh, I forget the huge name, whatever that let us know that Hovland Morikawa may be in the team championship. I just have too much hope for this bet now. Like, I, I just feel like my dreams are going to be shattered when nothing happens. Like, it, it, I want one of we y'all can make to another one after. So bad, so bad. <laughs> I want to see Sam push a push cart so bad. So I love bad. that you want to see that more than Colby take a shot of you know what. You know, if Colby had to drink like a thirty-two ounce or big gulp or whatever, it may be a little more fun. But just a shot? I mean, no, I mean, come on. That's I'd rather disgusting. watch Sam suffer for four hours. <laughs> and the thing is, too, Colby. What Colby should do in his car is you just like fast and slow play it too. Just take like forever to hit a shot, dude. Just make it so much worse on you. Oh, dude, I'm There's gonna. So read- many ways to make Sam stuff. I need a Straka book for that day. Yeah, I need a Straka book and I need a yardage book. <laughs> All right, I think that's enough uh, shenanigans for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the 73rd hole. Sam, enjoy Scottsdale. Enjoy Greyhawk. Report back with uh, course conditions and scores. The Valley of the Fun. We need your score, and we need Huntman's score. The Huntman. Tell Huntman we're we're putting his score out publicly. Now, the Huntman pulled a power move, by the way. He went out to Phoenix three weeks ago and just left the clubs at Greyhawk and said, I'll be back. Power move. What were you going to say, Tayler? How many strokes are you giving the hunt, man? We need we need a we need a over and under here. How many how many strokes? Eight and a half, seven and a half. What are we looking at? I mean, he'll probably shoot mid to low eighties from the white tees at Greyhawk. That means that I would have to give him at least you know ten. five aside. Yeah, ten. I give it a ten. Yeah, give it a ten, Miss Davis. Ten, ten, ten and a half. Who are we taking, Hunt Man or Sam? <laughs> oh, good question. I, the problem is, I've never actually seen Hunt Man play golf. It looks like a softball swing except golf. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Again, enough shenanigans for the week. Everybody enjoy Riv. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.